Let's go ahead and turn our Bibles to Joshua chapter 24. Joshua chapter 24. You'll see on our, on our bulletin there's a as for me. I wanted to give you a little yearly aspect or a theme for this year is as for me. You know, I, I, can't, I can't make you or I can't make anybody do something for the Lord. Only you can do it. And that little statement, as for me, is found in the New Testament um, 20, I think 17 times in the, in the Old Testament, none in the New Testament. And so we're going to just look at some of those, but this morning we're going to just look at one real briefly. And as you turn, go ahead and turn to it. Go to um, Joshua chapter um, 24. This is probably the most common one that we know. And let's go ahead and stand and we're going to read one verse. To understand this, you have to almost read verse 14 and 15 and Actually, if you read the, chapter, the whole chapter, it kind of leads into it. It says, Now therefore, in verse number 14, Joshua 24, it says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in, in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. And if you'll notice when he's talking about it, that there's no capitalization on God. It's the little gods that they served. And, it seemed, and if it seemed evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in, in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Brandon, could you pray for us, please? Amen. You may be seated. As we looked at 2019, as for me, I can't change what you're going to do. You can't change what I'm going to do. I've got to make choices in my life. You've got to make choices in your life. It reminds me of this just past week. Uh, Mitchell's over here. I told him I was going to embarrass him in, in church today because he really embarrassed me and Mike. And um, um, we were riding tricycles in front of everybody at the ETSU game. And um, then he had his sister play tic-tac-toe. And we're still working on that. But... Um, you know, sometimes you just got to make choices. And I remember looking at Mike and going, how did he ever convince you to do that? And he goes, I don't know. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just have to do things. Maybe keep the wife happy. You know, you just never know. But you got to make choices in your life in 2019. And the word says, as for me, I can't change what anybody else is doing, but I can change what I'm going to do. I can choose to have a bad attitude. I can choose to be offended. I remember when Bruce Fry came, he said, everybody's going to be offended. But it's your choice to be offended. And so we've got to come to that in 2019, as for me. The verse that we got, we've, we've read, and I just want to point out a few words, and of course they're in different colors for you. It says, and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord. That's an interesting statement. Larry Hilton, when I was reading, I was like, why would they, why would they say that? At, 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 and if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord. There's no way it seems evil to serve the Lord. But when, where he was... And the world at this state, it was evil. And then it says this, it says those two words, choose you this day. Now it doesn't mean that you're just going to choose him this day, but it's, it's, it's projected of where you're going to go. And it says, whom ye will serve. And everybody in this room will serve something. The most common thing for people to serve is themselves. Thank God Jesus didn't do that. He didn't serve himself. 
He went to the cross knowing the pain, the struggles that he would have. He knew the pain and he knew the vinegar was going to be given to him. He knew he was going to be beaten. He knew that people were going to walk by, shake their heads at him. He knew that one person on one side of the cross would get saved, the other one would not. And he still chose that day to serve. Then it says, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the flood. This is referring to the time of Noah. And if you ever study Noah and you find out God wanted to wipe out all the people, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord is what the Bible says. One man, and that's the, th that's the reason why we still existed through the flood. Then it says, or the gods of the Amorites, that's where they are now, in whose land ye dwell. It's an interesting statement. The statement is, you don't have to serve like everybody around you. You don't have to serve their gods. You can serve your God with a capital G. He's saying we've been so, and aren't we influenced with people around us? That's what that verse is saying, in whose land ye dwell. Because all these people were coming in, these Jewish people were coming in and they were seeing these gods and all of a sudden they wanted to support these gods. Little g. And God's sitting there going, I created you, I brought you through the flood, I brought you over, over the Red Sea, I've done all these things for you, and yet you might want to serve with the people that are around you because it's what? It's easier to do that. It's easier not to talk about who God is. If no one else wants to talk, the Bible says that you've got to choose whom you're going to serve. Then it says this, that then it gives this conjunction, but, and he's going to change everything around. He says, but as for me, but as for me, I'm going to do something different. Now, you can exclude these next three words. We'll look at these in just a second. But as for me, I will serve the Lord. 2019 is going to be a year you either serve the Lord or you don't. And what the devil wants you to do is be neutral. He doesn't want you to come to senior lunches. Well, all we do is eat. We get free pie, too, on, on those Wednesdays, by the way. The ladies' fellowship is this Thursday. I think it's 6.30. Is that right? 6.30 or 6? 6. Is that right? Okay, we're all on the same team. All right, 6. I don't go to the ladies' fellowship, so I don't need to know, all right? But, you know, you say, well, why do I need to go to that? For fellowship. It'll help you. Um, you can say, well, I don't want to go to men's basketball. If you don't want to play basketball, don't come. Amen? But if you want to come for some fellowship, it's fun. It's not NBA style. It's more like bitty basketball. Um, we got some people, I don't, Larry, Larry um, you, your, your husband might be here, depends. I know the big guy's not going to be here, the guy I wrestle with. Um, and that's Randy. He's going to have that surgery. Mom's not letting him come, right? No, he doesn't need to come. But anyway, we have that every Tuesday night. These are things for fellowship. What about Sunday night? Did you know we have church on Sunday night? We do, all right? And Wednesday night, would you believe that? That's a new, a new aspect for it. We have church on Wednesday night. Just come to these things. But as for me, I've got to come. I want to come. One day I said, "Hun, I don't want to go. She said, you're the pastor, you have to go. I said, okay, I'll be there, amen? But we've got to be at church. And, and, and the thing is, is he's standing when no one else will stand. But when you stand, I want to point out with this verse, it doesn't just affect you, it affects those around you. Because look at the terminology of the verse. But as for me and the people in my house, they will serve the Lord when no one else will. It must be devastating for God to look at His creation and then read that verse that the laborers are few. The laborers are few. God created us to serve, not sit. We need to do that. 
So 2019, you've got to make some choices in your life. Let me give you an aspect of this. Every decision will determine a direction. Now think about that. You can use this as you're driving. If you decide to turn right, that decision is sending you in the, the direction of right. Correct? But if you choose to go straight, you're still, that, that decision is still going to... Now watch this. Let's take it a little bit further. Every decision will determine a direction. I want to hear you say this so I know you're with me. Here we go. Every decision will determine a direction. One more time. Every decision will determine a direction. Watch this. Every direction will determine a destiny. That's a great statement. Every decision will determine a direction, but every direction will determine a, a destiny. You've got a destiny for your family. We've got to see this and we've got to move forward with it and understand choices do make a difference. When I was studying this, I thought, oh, how can we, how can we look at this? Well, we're going to look at two men and two choices. Drastic difference. And I'm just going to get barely on this because there's a bunch in this story. If you would, I want you to turn back in the, in the book of Genesis. I want you to go to Genesis chapter 12. And you're going to, you're, one man you've probably heard a lot of. Another one you probably haven't. Genesis chapter 12. And we're going to look at the story. This is a very interesting story. The two men, first one's Abraham. Second man is Lot. They made two choices. And at the get-go, you think these choices don't really make a difference, but yet they do. I want to give you this aspect of it when we go to the next one. Lot's problems with choices. See, Lot failed to see some things when he made a choice. You know, I, I had to make choices for my girls when, when, they, when they were in our house. I had to make choices for them, I, you know, where they could go, where they couldn't go, what they could see, what they couldn't see. And all those choices meant something. Now, you've got to see this story, and we're going to go through this story pretty quick. But in Genesis chapter 13, we're going to go to Genesis 13, Genesis 12, and we're going, to, we're going to jump around. I want you to see a few things. Lot's problems with choices, there were four things that Lot failed to see. The first one is this, the importance of Abraham's presence. There's something about having a godly influence. Amen? And Abraham was that godly influence. Most people, if you were to say, who is Abraham in the Old Testament, Wayne, most people could tell you what Abraham did. But Lot, on the other hand, he was only in a few chapters. We don't know much about him, but most people don't even know who he is. The only thing we know is what happened usually to his wife. Turned to a pillar of salt. So here we have the importance of Abraham's presence. Let's look up Genesis chapter 12 and verses 2 and 3. It says, and this is God talking to him. The Lord said in, in verse number 1, Unto Abraham, get thee out of the country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make, a, make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. That's a great statement for God to say. If God said that to me, I'd be, I'd be happy and wonderful, content. He says, listen, the people that love you, I'm going to love. The people that hate you, I'm going to hate. Because God loved Abraham. 
He didn't understand the importance of who Abraham was in his life. The, the presence of Abraham made Lot a better person. But soon there's going to be some problems. The second part is this. The reality of Abraham's protection. Go to, go to um, Genesis chapter 18. If you're writing things down, Genesis chapter 18. And we're going to look at these verses, 23 and 24. When you look at 18, 23, and 24, it says this, And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Pre-adventure there be 50 righteous within the city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for 50 righteous that are therein? I want to tell you, Abraham protected Lot. Abraham and Lot were, were together, and you'll see that they split up. And then Abraham leaves and the story of Lot comes on and God says he's going to destroy. And we even know the, the world's name for these cities. Sodom and Gomorrah. People that don't go to church know about Sodom and Gomorrah, that they were destroyed. And then, then it conflicts with people when they say, well, God is love because he destroyed those two cities. It doesn't conflict anything. We've got to obey what God has for us. All right, so here, he doesn't understand this protection. And, and what does he do? He gets God down to, he starts bartering with God. Abraham does. Most people can't do that, but Abraham can. Because he knew that God loved him and he knew he was close to him. You don't barter with somebody you don't know. And so he gets in there and he starts bartering with him, gets him down to how many people? Ten. He says, listen, were you going to destroy this whole city just for ten? If I can just find ten. He works his way down from fifty to ten. And the whole time, Lot is over there living, and God and Abraham's protecting him. And he probably doesn't even know what's going on at this point. I know he doesn't. And so this whole story, he's sitting there living, and he doesn't understand the reality of Abraham's protection in his life. Can I tell you something? God gives you protection in your life that you don't see half the time. He's doing things and you don't know it and all of a sudden you get in there and, and, and you're driving along and someone's pulled out in front of you. You see it, your car stops and thank God for it. There's sometimes that God will, will make you go to a place and stay someplace longer than what you thought you were going to stay just to protect you from a wreck. Man, God is always protecting us. Look at the first one, the importance of Abraham's presence. We need God in, as our, in our presence. And at this particular time in Lot's life, Abraham is a sort of God to him to protect him. Because he's doing what's right. And Lot has no idea what's going on. The third one, the power of Abraham's prayer. Isn't it wonderful that we can talk to the Lord? Let's look at these verses. Go to um, Genesis chapter 13. Genesis chapter 13 and verse 3. And he went on his journeys from the south even to Bethel and to the place where his tent had, had been at the beginning between Bethel and Hai. And, the, and to the place of the altar which he had made there at the first and there Abraham called on the name of the Lord. There's something about when you know someone's praying for you. If I were to ask you this question, who would you call to pray for you right now if you had a situation? Just think in your mind who it would be. You know, the first person I would call is this lady right here. My wife, I would call on her and I know she'd pray for me. There's no doubt I, I could go to her later and say, did you pray for me? Yes, I prayed for you. There's, and you know what? That's wonderful to have. And so Lot failed to see the power of Abraham's prayer. 
Listen, when, he, when, when Abraham got there, it wasn't about Abraham. It was about God. And God said, listen, you're going to have this seed and you're going to have all these people. And he hadn't had any children when he told him that. And they were both old. There's no way they could have had children. And then all of a sudden, guess what? Abraham and Sarah have a child. Now, Abraham was never perfect, by the way. Don't get him confused with God. He made a lot of mistakes. He had a child that he shouldn't have had. And today, we still fight battles over those two children fighting. Because of this man that was a good man, but thought, I, can, I need to do something to help God out. The whole time, God's sitting there going, I got it under control. Just leave it alone. He not only did about, lied about that, he lied about something else. Remember the other story he lied about? He's afraid he was going to get caught, and he tells Sarah, his wife, which is a half, it was a half truth and a half lie, tell them that you're my sister. Because he didn't want to die. And again, he takes everything on his shoulders instead of saying, God, you take care of it. So my point is this, we're not perfect, but we serve a God that's perfect. And we've got to understand in Lot's life, Abraham was head over heels and, and higher than him that could, ever, could, could he ever be. He, he's looking at this and goes, I don't know how in the world, what's going on in my life, but Abraham knew what was going on. The importance of Abraham's presence, the reality of Abraham's protection, the power of Abraham's prayer, and then the fourth, which we all know this story, is when we do this, the choices that we make. The potential of danger without Abraham's protection. Let's look at this verse really. We're going to read through these and I want to show you something. I want you to go to Genesis chapter 13. Go to verse number 8. See, there was strife between, they both had some big herds. And they had to figure out what they were going to do. And Abraham comes with, with a situation. And Abraham um, said unto Lot, let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee and between my herdsmen and thy herdsmen. Look at these last four words. For we be brethren. Abraham wanted to have the right relationship with Lot. But I think Abraham knew who Lot was. He says, Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me. If thou wilt take the left hand, then I will go to the right. If thou wilt depart right hand, then I will go to the left. And you've got to, I can show you, I'm not going to do it this morning, but there's an illustration in this that Lot basically chose the part that Abraham wasn't even giving him. It'd be like me saying, you can go this way or this way, and Lot said, I want to go that way. He didn't, Lot, Abraham knew the land. He knew the character of the people. Do you remember that little statement that Lot pitched his tent toward Sodom. That story is this, that every day that Lot opened up his tent, when he looked out of his tent, the first thing he saw was Sodom. Sodom was a very wicked city. We're not going to get into all the details, we will get into it later, of the choices that he made and how far it took him. But Lot, when I when I think of a couple stories with Lot, I think Lot was some, one of the wickedest men in the, in the Bible when it comes to his, his, thought, his thought process, his choice process. Some of the things that he said about the angels, about his own daughters, 
He couldn't even control his wife when she goes up there. And then what happens after it was all over? I want to tell you something. He had some wickedness and he pitched his tent toward it and he made that choice. Because you know what? He no longer had Abraham's, he never, no longer had Abraham's protection. And so Abraham was praying about everything, asking what he wanted to do and look at the, look at the choice he makes. And can I tell you something? Just because something looks good doesn't mean it is good. Amen? Um, I, I've seen some things on displays at restaurants. You go, man, I'd like to have a piece of that. And I, I think I went to somebody, I said, I'd like a piece of that pie. And they said, you can't eat that pie. That's a fake pie. Amen? Unless you like styrofoam and plastic, you will not like that pie. So you put enough chocolate on, I'll eat it. Amen. Praise God. Um, but, you know, some things we look at, and we go, oh, man, that's just not a good situation. Keep reading in this. It says, and Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered. Now, why was that concerning to him? Because he, he had some animals he needed to feed and, and for them to drink. Everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah, even as the garden of the Lord. He says, man, I'm looking over here, and this looks like God made this whole garden for me. I'm going to choose that. Like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto Zoar. Then Lot chose him all the plains of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east, and they separated themselves, the one from the other. Abraham dwelled in the land of Canaan, and Lot dwelled in the city of the plain, and pitched his tent towards Sodom. He made a choice to go that direction. That choice would eventually make his wife leave him, would die, and it was also would destroy his relationship with his daughters. We've got to make some good choices. Amen? We've got to make the right choices. Now, I left a verse out because, remember, he's pitched his tent toward him. Now, look what the next verse says in verse number 13. It says this. It says, But the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord. What's the last word? Exceedingly. He should have stayed away from them. Made a wrong choice. Amen? How many of you ever made a wrong choice? And then you live to regret it. You go, well, how in the world am I going to get out of this? You've got to fix your, pro- your, your bad choices sometimes. I th- I'm thankful that I played sports growing up because I didn't have enough time to do drugs and alcohol, alcohol and all that. I'm thankful for a dad that went to my games, a mom that went to my games. I'm thankful that, that I had a mom that was concerned about my spiritual life. But there's so many people that don't have that. And they just make the choices that they like, and then it destroys them. That's what he did. He basically peered around and saw, okay, what do I have? That What's the best for me? An aspect you've never thought of. Lot was one of the most selfish men, too. Why was Lot blessed? He was blessed because Abraham. Abraham says, Bernardi says, pick a place. A real man would have said, you choose and give me whatever's left. But not Lot. Lot looked around and said, this is what's good for me. You fend for yourself. Boy, he made a bad decision, didn't he? Let me talk to you about something real quick with decisions in your life. You know what's going to affect you more than anything? Friends, amen. Abraham was his friend, had the best interest for him. But you know what? If he didn't want to listen, he didn't have to listen. I want you to turn one more passage and we'll be done. I want you to turn to Proverbs chapter 27. This is, uh, this is my friend chapter. Amen? As you go to Proverbs, I love reading Proverbs. I was reading it the, the other day and I thought, man, this is great for choices because if there's anything about friends, we need to get. Amen? It says in verse number six, faithful are the wounds of a friend, 
Your friend will tell you what you need to hear even if you don't want to hear it. That's what that verse is talking about. Go to verse number 9. Ointment and perfume rejoice the heart, so doth the sweetness of a man's friend by hearty counsel. Again, a friend will help you with what you need to have help with. And he'll tell you the truth. Don't act like a teenager. If you have a bad attitude and you're a teenager, you know what you do? You go to bad, teenage, bad attitude teenagers and ask them what to think. And they're always going to side with you. Get some hearty counsel. Lot, if he would have just turned and said, what do you think, Abraham? Where should I go? He didn't do that. Lost everything. Another verse for friends. Thine own friend, in verse number 10, thine own friend and thy father's friend, forsake not neither to go into brother's house in the day of the calamity. For better is a neighbor that is near than a brother far off. And if you really want to know what a friend should be, go to verse number 14. He that blesses his friend with a loud voice, rising early in the morning, it should be counted a curse to him. We just, we just purchased a home, and I'm not going to go to our neighbors at, at 3 o'clock in the morning and go, hey, I want to introduce myself to you. I got some bread for you, and I just want to tell you how great of, a pe great of people me and my wife are. You know what they would be doing? They'd be calling like Brandon or Pete and saying, okay, you need to get over here. There's a disturbance in our, in our, in our neighborhood. Use some common sense, but there's a verse in here that I wanted, to, I wanted to show you, and we'll end it with this. There is a verse, and it's found in verse number um, 17. We looked at this before. It says, iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friends. You want to make some good, good choices in 2019? You better have good friends. Because your friends, they will influence you to go good, bad, or neutral. If Abraham, if, if Lot would have just looked at Abraham and said, what do I need to do? What, what about this statement? Lot, Lot looked at Abraham and said, what do you think God would want me to do? Wow, what a difference in Lot, Lot, Lot's life. But he didn't do that. He did what most of us do and just saw what was good for us. Iron sharper than iron. Now this next statement, don't misquote me on this next statement. Here's what it says. I will be a friend to anyone. But I will, not just, I will not let just anyone be my friend. Because I know the influence of a friend. Do you understand that statement? I'll be friends to everybody in here. But I'll pick and choose who my best friends are. Because if I don't do that, guess what? It's going to destroy me. And that statement that I said right there, I've said to my children, watch who your friends are. Because if Abraham, if, if Lot would have just looked at Abraham and said, you're, you're a man of wisdom. You're older than I am. God has blessed you, and I've seen it. And God's blessed me because of you. Could you please help me with the choice I have to make? Wouldn't that have been a great thing for a lot to do? But so often in our lives, we just shoot from the hip. Don't you love those Westerns, the way they shoot from the hip? And they hit everything? Who's hunters in here? Raise your hand. Okay. Next time you go out with your friends, you see something, just start shooting from the hip, see what they do. <laughs> You're shooting everything up. What would your friend say to you? They would say, raise the gun, put it up there, get the target on, and pull the trigger. We've got to quit shooting from the hip. 2019 is going to be a great year for you if you don't shoot from the hip. You know what we've got to make? The right choices. 
Lot made bad choices. And you know what? I don't even, Phyllis, I don't even like to talk about what Lot did in front of girls and, and little, little girls and little boys. Because what he did was a very, he was a very wicked man. One of the most wicked men. It's amazing to me choices people make. And I'm not looking at you and saying, well, I make all the right choices. I don't. I don't make all the right choices. You don't make all the right choices. But you know what we got to do in 2019? Talk to God about our choices. With every head bowed and every eye closed. 2019 is going to be all about choices. Choices that you make in your life. Choices that I make in my life. We've got to have the right friends. Those friends will influence us on ways we can't even imagine. But we also sometimes have to forsake our friend's advice and go with what God has. Because if, if you have godly friends, they will usually go the way God wants you to go. But God should be your litmus test. Abraham was a man that truly loved Lot. We be brethren. We've got we've to separate so we don't fight. Which one are you going to choose, Lot? Sometimes we see things that are all glamour and glitz. We say, oh, that'd be greater over there, or good to do this, or good to do that. And we fail to realize that we just need to pray to the Lord and ask Him for His guidance.